Welcome to Public Power Underground, Northwest Public Power's premier weekly infotainment program that covers Northwest public power and public power adjacent news from a power to from a power department's perspective. To commemorate the season premiere for Public Power Underground's second season, a spring season, a uh, season of hope, uh, our own Aaron Guillory and Ian Bledsoe have recorded a brand new Public Power Underground jingle. Hey, Public Power people, we're all in this together. No, this won't be forever. Hey, Public Power people, we're all in this together, whatever we endeavor, yeah. So, hey, public power people. On today's show, we'll get an update on Northwest public power markets on Aaron Reports, get a guest lead on the status of the 2021 power plan from Northwest Power and Conservation Council's John Olis, buzz through some more public power and public power adjacent news on a truncated public power desktop, then pay, play a fun new game on someone with the underground with special celebrity guest star, Libby Kalman. I'm the manager of the power department standing in for uh, Brian Fawcett, who's on vacation this week, Paul Dockery. This week, we're excited to be joined by two celebrity guest co-hosts. First is a returning champion, an early adopter of Public Power Underground from the pre-published days, the customer relations and service manager and assistant general manager for Klatskin IPUD, Sarah Johnson. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Always a pleasure. And it's nice to see the evolution of Public Power Underground. I love where you've gone with it. And you have really raised the bar on podcasts. Yeah, I'm a little worried. It's evolved and also maybe crept in length. Uh, very self-conscious <laughs> that the last episode was an hour and a half. Promise this one won't be that long. We're trying 45 minutes, like 38 to 45 minutes is the right length, I think. We're trying. <laughs> I think I maybe need an editor, uh, not gonna lie. I maybe need an editor. <laughs> also joining us is a special guest star co-host, as a special guest star co-host, is a returning friend of the underground, special guest correspondent extraordinaire, and the rates and contract, po rates and policy director for Northwest Requirement Utilities, Megan Stratman. Welcome back, Megan. Thank you for having me back. Congratulations on season two, very exciting. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, like a really sappy season. Um, we're probably going to really lean into like the, uh, yeah. Hey, public power people, let's do this together. It's great. <laughs> I'm go. really got I it. honored. I'm honored that you are joining us, uh, a mix, like all the rate case stuff. I, 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 it does not go unappreciated how much oh, work you have to do right it, now. Trust me. As I've said before, Paul, this is fun. It is. It's a nice break from, I was reading testimony until nine, 9 PM last night. So this is a, this is a good break. <laughs> My um, reward. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to talk about jobs later in the episode, and that isn't all public power jobs. You don't always have to read testimony <laughs> until 9 p.m. True. That sounds fun. <laughs> Only once every two years. <laughs> and representing the power department is the star of Aaron Report, Reports, the co-star of Public Power Underground, financial analyst Aaron Guillory. Good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon, Paul. Man, it's just you, me and you representing the power department today. We got to hold this up. It's fun. We got a yeah, lot of Klatskin IPUD representation, but um, you know, it's, we got to we got to hold up the banter side of this. You and, <laughs> you and I, we got this. We got this. Yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> up next, we're checking in on power market indicators in the Northwest with our first segment, Aaron Reports. Get up to speed on Northwest market indicators for March twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. I'm Aaron Guillory, and I've got your market update for the week. 
April September close of the Dow's are expected to be at 94% and normal, up 1% from last week. At close, the Dow's peaked over the past week at 166.4 KCFS on March 23rd at 0800 hours. Midday elevation at Grand Coulee on March 24th was 1272.5, up a half foot since reported last week as peak outflows decreased slightly from a peak of 141.1 KCFS on March 16th at 0800 hours to peak outflow of 140.2 KCFS on March 23rd at 0 uh, oh, 0900 hours. Checking in on the snow in the region using Anthrogy's aggregation of uh, basin data, the snow water equivalent for BC Hydro Generation Basin is 118.21% normal. For mid-sea, 103.38%. And aggregating all the snow in the Columbia River Basin that'll flow through Bonneville Dam, they estimate there's a 117.25% of normal snow blanket. Spot market power in the Northwest for delivery March 25th is at $26.75 with gas at 230 per MMBTU, translating to a spark rate of Spark spread of 1065 and a heat rate of 12 grand. In term markets, bomb for the uh, for mid C has dropped again, down 63 cents from a week ago to 27.31 cents, uh, $27.31 per megawatt hour. Mid C power for qu quarter three, whoo, 2021 is at 88.2 uh, with Sumus gas at $2.07. 76 cents, translating to a heat rate of 32,400. In bond markets in the last six months, one California Public Utilities Commission issued four sets of water revenue bonds totaling 664,395,000, including one taxable refunding with 300 million and 5,000 in term bonds due November 1st, 2041, at an interest rate of 2.825%, and another uh, 41,430,000 in term bonds due November 1st, 2047 at an interest rate of 2.945%. Uh, Spending a beat at bon Bonneville's balancing authority peak load this past week was 8106, March 23rd at 735 in the AM. During loads peak, hydrogen was at 10,133. Wind gen was 728 megawatts. Conventional units at 1053 and nuclear was 11.52. This week in NOAA climate forecast, the 6 to 10 day outlook has temp in the region with layers in the normal range and a 33 to 50% chance of being above normal while precipitation is largely anticipated to have a 33 to 70% chance of being below. Some likelihood of areas in normal range and others with a 33 to 50% chance of being below normal in their 90 day report. And that's all we've got for this update. Back to you, Paul. Thanks for the report, Aaron. Next up is our weekly walk through Northwest Public Power and Public Power Adjacent News in a segment we like to call Public Power Desktop. Hey, Paul. Tacoma Power created the nation's first pilot rate to support the production of electrofuels, a carbon neutral replacement for traditional fossil fuels. The new lower cost tariff is designed for industrial producers of electrofuels such as hydrolyzers that produce green energy to take Tacoma Power's carbon-free electricity and produce hydrogen or hydrogen-rich compounds that can be used to store electricity for later use. With the approval of this rate in December of 2020, Tacoma Power became the first consumer-owned utility in the nation to offer a rate specifically designed to capture the operational and social benefit of this technology. Under the rate schedule terms, Tacoma Power has the option to curtail electricity consumption during times of high market prices or other electrical system needs, making it much more affordable to provide power to all customers. In return, the customers on this new rate schedule pay a rate lower than the standard industrial rate. The new tariff will also serve as Tacoma Power's first demand response rate. To learn more, read the rest of the press release on Tacoma Public Utilities website. 
So last week we had an article about some demand response and I called for those in public power that have a passion about demand response. And I convinced Amaz Nagesh to come on and talk about demand response. It actually really well corresponds to this article. Um, she's not on this week's episode. It's going to be a future episode. I'm really excited about it because she, I think, has the right technical expertise to talk about it and passion around the topic. I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. Now it's, it's really like great combination. Yeah, I got. I got to be careful though because it's like it's a future recording. All future recordings are always in doubt. <laughs> it will happen. She's a returning champion too, so it's uh, it's more likely because it's she knows what she's getting into. <laughs> Okay, what do you got next for us, Megan? Northwest Power and Conservation Council's John Olis is providing a guest lead this week that provides an update on the 2021 power plan. Hi, John. Welcome to Public Power Underground. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. You know, it's really good to have somebody from the council. I've been, you know, trying to find the right way to get in with y'all because you guys are so cool and exciting. I really find you. Uh, I love the nerdiness of your organization. Is that okay to say? I think it's okay to say, I also appreciate the nerdiness of our organization. Um, I, I really enjoy working there and it's, it's fun, fun to tackle a lot of challenging questions. Absolutely. I asked you to kind of give us an update and write a lead for, for today to give us an update on the, the plan. So what do you got for us? Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, hey, you know, the, the goal of the council's power plan, which is the, the process we're in right now, is to make sure that the, the Northwest will have an adequate, affordable, and reliable power supply. And in our planning, we forecast demand and assess potential resources over a broad range of risk. And we're seeing some major themes already. And some of those themes are, you know, including emissions damage costs and resource decision-making sends a really big signal to build low emissions resources to meet need and displace generation that has higher associated emissions. Additionally, you know, policies drive major builds outside the region, which causes decreasing price forecasts, but it really increases the operational challenges throughout the WEC. And while renewable generation seems the fastest, least cost way to reduce carbon, and, you know, there's, there's some operational challenges there, but it's primarily since the solar and wind costs have dropped so considerably. And, and since there's no transformational technology like LED lighting available at a low enough price to compete with renewables, we are thus far seeing a smaller EE signal than in the past, which is a little surprising to some folks. Additionally, uh, changing precipitation patterns due to climate change and new market dynamics pose significant challenges and opportunities for regional hydro generation, which is uh, another really interesting thing we're seeing so far. And so the, the goal is hopefully by this summer to identify a robust adaptive regional resource strategy we can release with our draft plan. I wanted to touch a little bit on the revised timeline. So it sounds like in December, there was a new timeline adapted and you, you said you expect a draft plan this summer. Is that right? Yeah, hopefully. We really, really want there to be a, uh, a draft plan by summer. Um, you know, we've, we've met some kind of unexpected uh, challenges uh, with this power plan. The, it seems like the power industry is changing pretty substantially. And uh, that, that's, that's had us uh, kind of look inward and try to change some of our modeling techniques, tools, and have a, have a discussion with the region about the best way to address that. But unfortunately, it also pushed back our timeline a little. So were the, the, the changing year, did that have to do with the changing work plans? Like the adaptation to remote work, did that do it? Or is it mainly just, hey, the power system's changing and our model has to address those changes? Well, I would say probably yes to both. Um, yeah, I mean, so 
the, the power system is definitely changing. And I think that our, our modeling tools uh, for looking at that power system are, you know, a little behind, you know, we try to keep up the best we can, but I think as an industry, we have a, we have a lot to learn um, in terms of how we model kind of, uh, you know, a highly renewable system or a system where policies are driving a large amount of the builds. It's not necessarily the way folks have done things before, but in addition, yeah, the pandemic is, it's a challenge, you know, you're trying to meet with your colleagues, have those, you know, those, those conversations in front of the whiteboard or, you know, at the water cooler, just trying to like figure out, you know, how are we going to solve this problem? And it, it makes it a little bit more challenging. I mean, we've had some good tools, props to our IT. Uh, they've really helped us, uh, you know, keep connected, but uh, it's a challenge when, you know, somebody's toddler is screaming through the background. <laughs> yeah, I have, so. I have had that experience while recording these episodes of the toddler screaming at my door. Um, it, it, it is, it is one of those things um, that I, I feel for y'all to try to come up with a, a changing a model um, when not ha- being able to walk down to somebody else's office and, and talk through an issue. There is like a cultural um, collaboration that occurs in hallways that is hard to approximate virtually. So um, really appreciate y'all trying to work through that. When, when things get less stressful, maybe you can come back and we can have a chat about the, uh, the impact of LEDs on the cost benefit dynamic of seasonal time change. It's a passion project of mine to try to convince everyone to hate seasonal time change. You've got a toddler. I've got a toddler. I bet you hate seasonal time change as much as I do. I do. I yes. do. That is so true. That is so, so true. true. I, so true. I, I, I can tell you have a toddler because that, that is something you picked out. <laughs> yes, <I agree. laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, thanks you for coming. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Paul. Thank you. Bye. On March 16th, parties to the BP-22 rate case were able to file rebuttal testimony. Amongst the parties to file were BPA with 13 different filings of rebuttal testimony. Public Power Council, Snohomish PUD, Pacific Northwest Generating Cooperative, and uh, the Alliance of Western Energy Consumers, MSR, Public Power Agency, and Northwest Requirement Utilities. The data request deadline for parties is March 26th. The schedule of, uh, for draft record of decision is June 11th, and the final record of decision is scheduled for July 28th. To follow the rate case, you can find all the thousands of pages of documents at ratecase.bpa.gov. And uh, you don't always have to stay up till 9 p.m. to read these things. Only if you are uh, a petitioner in the case. What's your What's your role, Megan? Actually, what and are you allowed to talk? They're pretty about riveting, it? though. You know, <laughs> uh, I can talk about it. Sure. Okay. Got it. <laughs> it's whether or not Bonneville can listen to me talk about it. <laughs> so, but. The thing that's, you know, this is, I mean, this is how you know you're in a job that you you like, right? Because it's kind of like Christmas morning. You're like, I work so hard on my direct case. I want to see how people respond to it. So we're in the stage right now of rebuttal testimony, which is when everyone responded to what folks put in their direct case, which was a response to the initial proposal. So the next stage is filing of initial briefs, which is done primarily by the lawyers. That's where they make the legal arguments. I get to push the the workload over to our attorney Zabin um but yeah it's pretty fun to see how how things proceed through um the rate case um it is more engaging to me than maybe some people but I enjoy it and and we're glad to have friends who enjoy it for sure really nice (laughs) um 
that there's somebody we know that enjoys it. It's it's a really intriguing rate case. Uh, you you and I've talked about it before, Megan. That this is a sets a lot of precedents. There's a lot of really va- important topics for public power that's being discussed. So, whew. yeah, absolutely. We're yeah, gonna have lots you back. Of stuff going on. You willing to come back and talk about it sometime again? Because yeah. I'm is, ready. Uh, I'm ready, Paul. Good. Anytime. I'm gonna take you up on that. <laughs> I know. I'm coming after that belt. So, uh, Lauren, I, you know, this is your heads up, Lauren. And I want the baby belt too. I have two little dogs. And so I can put, I, I'm probably going to need a second baby belt. So I can have one on each of them. It, it'll be adorable. So bring so me this, back every single time. I'm, I'm very proud of the Anadromous Championship. Very proud of Public Power Underground. So, uh, yeah, we need, we need some in the background for sure. You know, Paul, uh, just, a, just a bit earlier today, I heard the doorbell ring with the UPS truck. And I was like, this could be my belt delivery. But it wasn't. <laughs> we'll keep working on it. All right. It will become a collector's item. Very coveted. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do we got next, Sarah? All right. Because we've missed his perspective otherwise, and we forgot it earlier this month, the Power Department's power analyst, Ian Bledsoe, agreed to record a special guest screen sharing to update Genesis forecast for March. Ian's Genesis forecast was updated several weeks ago for March. We forgot to tell you about it. A serious error was discovered in the water year selection methodology, which caused the highest runoff years to be chosen most frequently. Not surprisingly, we're forecasting much more reasonable, as in lower, generation as a result. Last month's February system forecast was 11,984 average megawatts, and actual was 8,908, a mind-melting 35% forecast error. Putting the failures of the past behind us and remembering that Ian is a Genesis apprentices, the March system forecast is 9,228, up 3% from 9,989. April forecast is largely unchanged at 7,083 from 7,224. May forecast is down 14% from last month now at 8,349. June is down 10% at 9,999. July is down 18% at 8,935. August is down 10% at 7,335. And September comes in at 5,639, down 5% since last month. Power analyst confidence is high relative to last month's forecast. Check in with us again in a few weeks for the new April Genesis forecast now with spring runoff. DM. Thanks, Sarah, and thanks, Ian, for sharing your screen. That is, uh, you know, you're a Genesis apprentice. Don't take it too personally. Megan, what you got for? What do you have for us next? Public Power Underground made news again with a special bonus episode on SPP's Market Plus concept that was unveiled at PPC's March 4th Members Forum. One piece of breaking news in the discussion is that SPP is pausing its detailed proposal development for six months in order to focus on the February winter event that caused an emergency in SPP, MISO, and ERCOT. Some highlights from a very long episode include three nuggets that we can summarize in 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. First, SPP is a member-driven organization that prides itself on being painfully collaborative. Second, the issues in Kaiso's organized day ahead market are issues in any organized market construct, even SPP, and that the same issues will have to be figured out regardless. And third, in order to evolve energy markets in the Northwest, we have to develop trust across customer groups, and one lesson to learn from prior efforts may be engaging an independent third party facilitator. 
To learn more, including a bunch of gems hidden throughout, you can find links to the episode in the Energy News Digest and NWPPA's Line Weekly Newsletter, or just follow us directly on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Substack. It was a really good episode. It's really long, but there's, there's just so much to cover. Um, and I really, I do recommend the podcast. It has been our most uh, downloaded podcast uh, that we've had so far, probably because it's so long. It's easier to listen, get distracted, just listen about it. There's great conversation on there, especially with you, Myra and Robert and Lauren. It, it really was a great conversation about the, about the concept and, and all the struggles of market evolution. Okay, that's all the news we're covering this week. Send us any news, jobs, questions, opinions, or corrections to Paul on Twitter at a power manager, or if you're a friend of the underground, send any of us a note. This week, we're excited to welcome the general manager for Hood River Electric Cooperative, friend of the underground, friend of Sarah Johnson, very close friend of Sarah Johnson, Libby Kalnan, for our recurring public power adjacent segment we like to call Slumming with the Underground. Hi, Libby. Welcome to Public Power Underground. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's wonderful to have you. We got an all-star cast today and we got a bunch of great questions. So are you ready for all of the great questions and, and the games? I'm ready. So many games. <laughs> it's going to be great. Now, but to be I clear. I you in the big guns for me today. So thank I you did. for that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wanted to definitely respect you as, as a general manager that you need the heavy hitters. That's for sure. <laughs> So by agreeing to come on someone with the underground, though, you have agreed to be asked deeply personal and occasionally inappropriate questions, right? And knowing that we're going to be incredibly judgmental of your answers. You're prepared for this, right? You know, I've been looking forward to this for like two weeks. And looking forward to it for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to dive right into a new innovative game. And we're gonna, I'm going to turn it over to Aaron, our de facto head game maker on Public Power Underground. Go for it, Aaron. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay, so today, uh, again, in true Public Power Underground fashion, we are debuting a new Public Power Adjacent Infotainment game for Slumming with the Underground. We're calling Best and Brightest. Here's how the game works. We're going to read an ad copy written to recruit people to work in public power. Uh, just generic jobs. Uh, don't think too much about the position uh, the ad copy is meant for. You are then going to guess whether the ad copy is written for LinkedIn, Zip Recruiter or a podcast or pick some of the other platforms to recruit people to the public power uh, uh, industry on, on <laughs> that we haven't, you can tell I have not read this part yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, pick some other platform to recruit people to public power that we haven't thought of yet, uh, but for which that ad copy is perfectly written. Are we ready? Are we here? Yeah. Are we ready for this? Great. I don't know if my ego can take criticism of the ad copy just to be I'm sorry. Like it, so, we, you and me are the same that way. And I forget every time we trigger each other on this all the time. Yeah. So you got to read exactly the ad copy. You can't deviate. Right. Okay. Everybody ready for this? Just lean in. Okay. Got to lean in. Ready? Are you ready, Libby? This is the first one. This is the first ad copy. I'm ready. Incredibly important ad copy here. Okay. Ready? Do you support federal legislation that would allow Oregon and Washington to permanently transition to daylight saving time all the time and to, in order to forever rid ourselves of the scourge of seasonal time change? If so, join like-minded public servants in Northwest Public Power who think the practice of changing clocks twice a year to give ourselves a satisfying self-delusion of gaining time once a year is antiquated and perhaps the ostrich swing of energy policy. Come work for public power. Public mm -hmm. power, where passion meets nuance, public power, where our mission serves an essential purpose. 
So I get to choose between LinkedIn and ZipRecruiter or a podcast or any other platform. Yep. Like, and where should where should we be advertising for this stuff? That's also a question. <laughs> so place question. with a hidden agenda. Ah. <laughs> and as someone who has uh, three positions advertised in an eighteen person co op today, um, I can tell you that trying to recruit for positions in public power um, is an incredibly important part of what we do, and it's going to become more and more important as we move forward uh, through the next few years, because I got some statistics from the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association today, and did you know that 20% of the cooperative workforce is eligible for retirement within the next five years? Oh, I, I believe it. I feel like I was reading an article just a couple months ago about just based on the timing of when our industry started. Yeah, yeah we're at that wave. Crazy. Yeah. A few years ago, I heard it referred to as the silver tsunami, but I actually think that there's been more of a silver tsunami in the last year because none of us can go get our hair colored because of COVID. But back to the question, where do we think that this commercial would play well? And I'm going to say this one sounds like podcast, but I think it might be because Paul is amped up and he sounded like a podcaster when he read it. Yes. So... I mean, I, it would be on my podcast for sure, for sure, right? <laughs> but it would make a wonderful commercial in like the NRECA Along Those Lines podcast to have a little, a little tidbit in there about a wonderful career opportunity in another co-op. So, right, yeah. right. I do I think- I like that. Like, I think Libby just got some bonus points there. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely need to make sure that you're you, you're targeting an audience that that also hates seasonal time change. I mean, you, you got to find those, which there are lots of platforms where this is ubiquitous. So, uh, yeah, I think I think podcast for sure. You can find a podcast. I know of at least one. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the next one, Libby? Yes. Ooh. Here we go. Have you been to beautiful Hood River, nestled in the shadow of Mount Hood and along the roaring waters of the Columbia River? Hood River Electric Co-op is the Northwest Requirements Member Service Territory I'd live in for the rest of my life if posed an incredibly specific hypothetical question that you don't have the context to if you're reading this advertisement without having watched previous episodes of the Public Power Underground. With great scenery, great culture, Great kiteboarding and great breweries, Hood River is the home for you. Come work for Public Power. Public Power, where great scenery meets great careers. Public Power, where we serve our communities with essential services. Okay, that one has Instagram written all over it. <laughs> because just think of the imagery that you could have. You could be swiping through like photos of a really nice Freem sampler tray. You could have somebody on a kiteboard launching out of the river. Um, you could have the Hood River Blossom Festival going on. Um, and then maybe we have just an absolutely beautiful new transmission line going down a nice scenic road and people could look at it and they could think, wow, that's the 115 kV transmission and there's the 12.5 distribution. And that juxtaposed against that beautiful red barn on the image would draw people and they would think, I wanna build that power line in that gorgeous place and I gotta be a part of that. Oh my gosh, Libby, that answer, I think this podcast is going to become rapidly controversial because you're convincing some people yeah. right now that was beautiful <laughs> i yeah. agree though i no can see that, that our too. utility can leave like that image was beautiful but remember we like it here <laughs> but what libby what what were the positions that you were recruiting for just remind us again 
So I'm recruiting for a controller or office manager, um, for an engineering and operations manager, and we just posted a position for an internet installation technician to help us with our new fiber to the home build out that we're starting. Oh, cool. I want to hear more about this fiber to home build out. Uh, and do you serve Kalama? No. <laughs> and no plans to. <laughs> uh, Cal's County PUD probably wouldn't uh, enjoy that joke, which we do have some friends from the of the underground at Cal's County PUD. Oh. Just a joke, guys. Just a joke. All right, Libby, you ready for another one? I am. All right. Are you a free agent looking to join a prospering franchise that prides itself on developing its talent? Come join the Libby's basketball franchise of public power. We aren't the Lakers because Alex Swersben from PNGC claimed he was LeBron James to Greg Mendoza's Anthony Davis and Roger Gray's Phil Jackson couldn't pick the Boston Celtics because PPC's Karen Heim named Scott Sims as public powers Brad Stevens. And we aren't the Zags because NRU's John Francisco already broke the rules and selected a mid-major college program as NRU's spirit franchise. And we didn't wanna seem derivative. But let's be honest, Libby's basketball franchise is better than any of those. Join our team today Come work for public power. Public power where the best and brightest come and stay. Public power where your career serves an essential purpose. Oh, that's good. That's some good copy. I wouldn't change a word of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gotta be LinkedIn, right? I mean, full disclosure, I've never looked at ZipRecruiter and I've never listened to any ZipRecruiter ads, so I'm not going to pick ZipRecruiter. Um, <laughs> but when you talk about um, a free agent, all that comes to my mind is that when I'm on LinkedIn, I keep seeing people who are looking for jobs. So they're kind of like free free agents, right? But then you started talking about the best and the brightest, and that that is who we have in this industry. We have amazing people all across the industry who we get to work with and interface with. And, you know, there's people like me who are general, generalists who know a little bit about a few things. And then there are people like Megan who knows everything about one or two things. And I don't have to know all those things because I can just call Megan and she will do, know the answers for me. So it's fantastic. So no matter what your interest is, there's probably a place for you in public power. And if we connected on LinkedIn, you would find that out. I am curious I though, Libby, if you had to select a professional basketball franchise to represent Hood River Electric Cooperative, what basketball franchise would it be? Can somebody Let's... name some of the professional basketball franchises for me? I'm just kidding. Trailblazers, <laughs> we're local. Just about to say. <laughs> Come on, easy. All right, here's the next one. Do you enjoy collab? And I have to say, this is this one is very close to my heart. <laughs> Do you enjoy collaborative processes with touch points and parking lots? Have you ever made friends by explaining technical nuance related to an ongoing proceeding in simple and cogent ways? Do you want to come join us in public power and engage in years-long collaborative processes that will define your career and your community's access to low-cost, clean, reliable power? We can disagree with passion and nuance and make friends doing it. Come work for public power, public power, where we shape policy that shapes the region, public power, where we build community and provide essential services. 
That was beautiful. <laughs> and I liked, I liked simple and cogent ways. Yes. Good, good words. Um, but you did mention make friends doing it. And so this has to be Facebook, right? I mean, we're going to go on Facebook, we're going to become friends, and then we're going to argue about stuff. <laughs> yes. And, and those, some of those comment streams can get years long. <laughs> right, right. So thousands and thousands of comments. And sometimes you team up with people in a collaborative process um, to gang up on people who have different viewpoints than you. So Very true. <laughs> it's just perfect for Facebook. What is the most effective, do you think? Like place to post job listings. Uh, none of, no, but, none of it, but here, I guess I listen to too many podcasts that advertise for ZipRecruiter, uh, which is why I know about ZipRecruiter, but apparently that's it's not. It's not uh, because you're job hunting. It's just because you listen to job ads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ZipRecruiters, they got great ad copy uh, and some great podcasts. So um, I think it depends on the position. So for a position that's very technically specific to our industry, um, I tend to post on the NWPPA job board for a regional listing and on the NRECA Cooperatives Career Center uh, job board for something that, um, if it's a position that you might recruit for nationally. Um, but for positions that don't necessarily need industry expertise, there are other options, LinkedIn. Um, we advertise on Facebook because there are local Facebook groups that if, you know, the Hood River Electric Cooperative Facebook page, we can post something there and then someone will share it in the local community group on Facebook. And you may not get you know, it might not be Sarah who's interested in the position, but Sarah might know somebody and she'll see the posting on Facebook and she'll call up her friend and say, hey, you really ought to apply for this because the cooperative is a wonderful place to work. And, you know, they, they take good care of their employees and they serve the community well. And it's really fun to be part of an essential service. So we get a lot of word of mouth through our Facebook postings. Um, we posted an office manager, the office manager job there oh, about three weeks ago. And I think we had 1400 views on it. And I'm trying to recruit locally for that position if I can find a local person because uh, you know, we can take your accounting and member services or customer service experience and teach you about the electric utility industry. So that's a great spot for somebody who's maybe not got some industry experience to come in and get and, and learn about our industry and bring you know, their background and skill set and help us enhance what we do to serve members. Yeah, the one of the questions I have, because you mentioned the 20% uh, of our you know, our, our public power community is eligible for retirement. Where, where do you find the next generation? Um, so there's local talent, but you know, you mentioned if they don't, if it doesn't require industry experience, you can go somewhere else, but how do you get people into the industry at the beginning? Where do you actually find people at the, at the early to get them in um, out of college? And are there positions that we can, that we have that can actually work well for out of college talent to get them in the door and into our chain. Cause I think once you get them in the door, mm -hmm. the mission of public power is really compelling. Yeah. The job, you know, responsibilities are really um, rewarding. So it, it goes, they'll stay, but if you got to get them in the door, yeah. where, where any thoughts on that? It, it, and it's an interesting question because, you know, I'm a third generation public power employee. My, my grandmother worked for public power. My dad was a public utility electrical engineer and then manager. Um, and even growing up, literally growing up, roaming the halls of Emerald PUD in Eugene, because he was the first engineering manager there when they were energized in 1983. Um, 
I went to college and I never saw for myself a position in public power that I just didn't think that people like me, because at the time I was a journalism major and psychology minor, I didn't think that I would go work at a utility. Um, and it never crossed my mind. So I think about this all the time, like how can I help convince people with more diverse backgrounds that we don't just hire engineers alignment, right? Um, and I think one of the ways that you can do that is through maybe internship programs, summer internship programs for, for high school students and college students to just get them exposed to what we do here and the wide variety of jobs that we have. Um, this morning, I sent an email to the Oregon State University Electrical Engineering Program and said, hey, we'd love to come talk to you and talk about what, what co-ops have to offer and what public power has to offer because, um, you know, power distribution engineering is an incredibly important part of keeping the world moving. Right. <laughs> it's and so I think there's an opportunity to get young people through those avenues, through through career fairs, through internships um, and teach them about about public power. And you are right. Once people get here, it is incredibly cool to provide an essential service for the benefit of the community and to do it with people who are also really dedicated to that and are really smart and fun to work with. So once you get here, you realize you've hit the lottery. Um, but we have to get them in the door first. And I don't know that this is a career field that a lot of people really um, recognize as an option um, when, they're, when they're in school and they're thinking about, oh, I'd like to be an accountant. They don't understand how important work order and plan and cost accounting is to utilities and to that rate setting process, right? So, so getting people uh, exposed to that is incredibly important. And then of course on the lineman side, uh, IBEW does just an absolutely fantastic job with their apprenticeship program. And, and so if you can find folks who want to go into the trades and really encourage them um, to go into line school, that's wonderful. I'm curious. Uh, I, I, I know Aaron's story because I was part of Aaron's story in recruiting her to public power. And I think Aaron, uh, you are feel incredibly rewarded by having this opportunity. <laughs> I'm just going to speak for you on that. Um, but I was, I actually don't know Sarah or Megan's story for entering public power uh, that either of you have a story and any thoughts on how to recruit young talent into our industry. Sure. So I have, I am one of those straight out of college folks and my background is economics and history. So not really anything you would assume would fit into the utility industry, but it's actually a perfect fit working in policy and rates. Um, I use those skills every day. Uh, funny story. So I, it was um, John Saban at the time, the CEO of NRU posted on the job board down at University of Oregon where I went. And um, I was looking for an analyst position. So there's, there's the energy policy analyst was the job I applied for. I went in for an inter, um, informational interview with just John and me, and it was great. And he kept um, talking about utilities and uh, utility this, utility that. And you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm an economics major. Utility means something very specific uh, to an economics major. I had never paid a utility bill myself because all utilities were included in the rent, um, at the, down in Eugene, because uh, college students can't manage more than just one payment a month. So I was like, I was, I must've been a very good actor because I was nodding along and, you know, I wasn't following a word John said. And I went home and I asked my dad, I was like, dad, is a utility like PGE? And he just looked at me and he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this whole conversation I had just makes so much more sense now. So anyway, that's a really good example of how I didn't have any <laughs> background experience in the industry, um, but able to come up to speed. I had great mentors, which I think makes a huge difference. Like Jeff Carr, John Saban were, were amazing. Um, and for me, 
you know, I've always been really passionate about getting people into public power. And the other, another thing, let me list all the great things about the people and providing an essential service. But what we're also providing is for, especially for the younger generations that are really concerned about climate change and economic justice, uh, working for a consumer owned utility that's selling clean hydropower. That's just the ultimate job to really be able to make sure that utility as an, or excuse me, um, electricity as an essential service remains affordable um, to folks. And we get to work on all sorts of emerging issues like electric vehicles. I know Klatsk and I has an interest in that uh, with your plug pass um, and, and all of those things. So I think that um, spreading the word about what we do and what we're selling in terms of clean hydropower that's flowing through your electricity. And not many people even think about electricity, right? You, the, you flip the switch and it's there. So I think just word of mouth, just talking to folks. You did, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch on one thing you mentioned because I think it's incredibly important for leaders in our industry to understand. There is a level of grace I think that's necessary when interviewing new people to the industry. So like th we do use a lot of like jargon and mm -hmm. we, we have expectations of you're gonna know about our utility when you come to interview. But if you're really trying to grow public power and expand and diversify the pipeline into it, you do need some grace in the interview process to not expect people to know jargon. I mean, not that utility yeah. is too close jargon. <laughs> like, that's that's grateful of you to just say utility is a jargon term. That, but, yeah, but, but yeah, there is absolutely. like, when you're interviewing people, you need to allow for them not to have a great level of understanding of your industry if, you, if your intent is to grow. and Yeah, grow. I, I think that what Megan hit on though, I really... I think I would really resonate with that concept of like, what is our mission? And absolutely that mission can hold people in public power. But I think in this day and age when people are having these hard conversations and there's so much diseducation out there about what we're trying to do, how we're trying to protect and help the mm -hmm. people that are in our service territories, I think that would be something that you um, taking that opportunity to say, sure, you don't know all the jargon, you don't have all the technical facts, but let's have a conversation about hydro. Let's have a conversation about how we're engaging in society and understanding our impact in the greater environment, because I think that's incredibly important to the new generation more and more as they come in. I, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's an incredibly good point. I, I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago with someone who's not in our industry, and I was talking with them about how cool it is to work in public power. And, and she said, you know, I'm a millennial and I don't just want to have a paycheck. I want to do something that matters. Yeah. I want to contribute to my community. And I yeah. thought public power is the perfect place for you because what we do matters. We provide this essential service that everyone relies upon. And the way we do it in a public power family is for the benefit of our communities. And with that local control, you know, a locally elected board of directors and local staff that are making decisions specifically for the community that we serve. And that is really cool. And so, you know, instead of thinking about it as kind of this boring old thing, oh, everybody's got electricity, there's, there's a mission there that you can get around. And we have huge problems to solve. Um, talking about the future of our energy supply and talking about how we're going to address climate change and talking about, you know, 
the electrification of vehicles and, and transportation and other things, we need the best and the brightest brains to join us and help with that and move it forward, especially as we have so many people retiring out of the industry. And I truly believe that this is a place that young people can come and feel like they're making a difference and contributing in a way that really does matter. Oh, absolutely. And that's absolutely. such a good point, Libby, because talking about talking to friends and family, that was how I ended up at West Oregon 18 years ago was a good friend of our family was talking about public power and that there was an opening at the co-op. And I, you know, at first I was like, well, I don't know anything about the industry. And he convinced me that, no, I could learn and I could use all my skills from managing in the different industry and bring it to public power. And I think that's just, you know, we need to get that message out there to more people and actually let people know how cool everyone is in public power and how much fun we have besides our mission and the other things as well, because they're looking for something that they can enjoy while they're serving a purpose. Oh, this is, uh, that's a really good point. I think, uh, I think the word of mouth in communities like ours really helps and finding, trying to find people that can have transferable skills, transferable skills that we can use. And that sounds like you're part of your story, Sarah. I, I, I do think you have an opportunity, Erin, to tell your story. I, uh, I just wanted to save it to the end because yours is a great story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, so I used to uh, be a financial statement auditor, auditor for Moss Adams. And I was actually Classic and IPUD's auditor for I think one or two years. Yeah, and I just remember, um, I remember it was always a wave. I think I can say this because it's good. Um, okay, I'm gonna say it. Now I have to say it, I'm gonna say it. Um, but I remember being in the middle of busy season and just feeling like, oh, Klatskanai, hooray, Klatskanai PUD, and being so relieved at huge backlogs doing like 15 different jobs at the same time, and it was always just such a huge relief to come to Klatskanai, and um, I think, I want to say, Barb, uh, you know, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but uh, needless to say, um, stories developed, conversations were had, and um I almost didn't apply. I was super stressed out in the middle of busy season, got to the very last day and, and had that kind of uh, intimidation of the learning curve. You know, I've audited plenty of utilities, but, you know, and I, I believe in and agree with what I think I understand of what they're doing, uh, but this is really daunting um, and just had a really, some really great uh, word of mouth conversations with some of the people at um, the utility and also other auditors that I knew of um, that had different connections in the in the industry. Um, and that got me excited. Uh, and then I did apply. <laughs> and here we are today. The rest is history. It's been great. Yeah, it sounds like each of us took a different road to public power. That's for sure. And they're all great. Yeah. And we got to make sure we're open to all types of people. Uh, this has been a great game. I think this is the best ad, ad copy. We have one more, uh, though. So are you ready, Libby, for the last ad copy? I am. Okay, let's go for it. Do you have great ideas you want to share openly with peers, friends, and colleagues? Like, 
Maybe an electric vehicle public charging rate structure that incorporates charging speed fees to send price signals to motorists that the faster they charge, the more expensive it is to charge their vehicle. Or maybe installing electric vehicle public charging at local high schools to serve the next generation of leaders and support educators. Or maybe sharing the very simple and not even profound concept of outlets as electric vehicle public charging infrastructure that can be monetized through subscription-based programs using electric utilities existing billing software. Us too! Come to Public Power where you can share your ideas in a collaborative and open way because all our information is open to public records requests. So it's not like we can hoard trade secrets. Come work in Public Power. Plug Pass. It's just an outlet. Plug Pass. It's open source. I mean, uh, Public Power. It's open source. Public Power where great ideas are shared to provide essential services. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Is that on the back of the Plug Pass card or something? Like, I feel like... If I plug in, does that like show up and like, <laughs> it's just like lights, like. Yeah, it's a projector. We install projectors yep. at all of our outlets that, so that and it just blasts. It's when actually, you, it's my so voice. When you plug the car in, a, a Paul Dockery hologram pops up <laughs> and, and thanks you for charging and thanks you for choosing slow charging because of the time of day and. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful technology. Yeah, uh, no, it's, so- it's it's half the cost of plug pass subscription is the hologram that we had to install. <laughs> so uh, LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, a podcast or some other platform for that. Um, what is the other platform? What what are the other platforms we haven't thought of? We talked about Facebook. I've Monster.com, Indeed. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about MaxList for that, which is a Portland metro area mm. job posting list. So, so I was kind of thinking that this felt a little bit like some of the fun uh, recruitments that I've seen on MaxList. So I'm, I might encourage you to put that, that copy there. Okay. And, and get your next hologram actor from, from MaxList. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Libby. Congratulations, you won the game. We all won this game. This was a great game. Anything else we should talk about when it comes to recruiting people? Any other ideas we should chat about before we we say goodbye to Libby and we close out the episode? Well, are there any other uh, recruiting tips or resources that we haven't talked about that anybody thinks that we should plug? That would be my question. I Yeah, I've actually been wondering if, and, and it seems it's a little bit tricky because I definitely... Okay, no disclaimers. I wonder if flexibility is something that utilities should consider in recruiting these days. Maybe not entirely remote, but just with the technological advancements we've made and how much people appreciate more and more flexibility and personal ownership um, that goes back to mission, having a mission, being part of that mission. I, I wonder. I wonder if that's something that utilities could look at more to be more competitive. I think that's a really good point. If you'd have asked me, you know, a year ago before the world shut down, whether or not we could be successful running an electric cooperative remotely, I'd have said, no, we got, we we really need all to be together in the office. And um, although I really enjoy being back in the office and it's, and it's nice to be here and connect with folks. um, I think I have recognized that there is a lot more that we can do while providing different working arrangements and, and a little bit 
uh, more flexible structure in terms of where you are and when you work and how you do it. Of course, you know, we still need to be here and we need to serve members, but it, it all doesn't have to happen that same structured way that we've always done it. And I'm excited to see what that looks like in the future where, you know, a, when we can all be in the same building again, um, it'll be nice to see people, but B, to be able to provide that flexibility and let them, yeah. you know, have a little bit more freedom about where and when they work will be provide something that I think, um, especially for people who live here in the Hood River Valley, it's an absolutely gorgeous place to play in addition to work. And so to be able to provide a little bit more flexibility might be a recruitment tool for us to be able to, um, you know, draw that next generation in who if it's a really nice powder day on the mountain they might want to work later tonight you know and if i can offer that <laughs> flexibility that's that's not a bad thing and i i want my people to be happy and enjoy working as much as i do and so i'm you know sure i think we will be looking for ways to do that where we can it's not always possible but where we can absolutely and i i mean i think different positions have it, it could maybe vary based on the position yeah, I think these are some great tips. Um, and I'm going to reach out and figure out how to get on a job board at Oregon State the next time I need to hire somebody. I think that's a tip I'm going to take for sure to try to, you know, get get the pipeline into public power going. Yeah, we might, maybe we should have a public power day where we all just go mob the, the engineering department at Oregon State yeah. together and just go yeah. visit with them and, Fun. you know, take them take them out for lunch and just let them see how cool everybody is. Cause I think once they realize what fun people we are, they're not going to want to go do electronics engineering. They're going to want to come to our side of the world. It's way more fun. Way more fun. Way more fun. If you give them. college yeah. kids a free meal, you got them. <laughs> you got them. Yeah. And we're like, and here's, good. and here's a utility bill. And this is what this means. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, that would be so fun. That would be so fun. Fun. Oh my I think, gosh. I, I think would we love need to go to... talk to the accountants and be like, yeah. you know, pension accounting, it can be exciting. You can do it and you'd love it. <laughs> we need that. We got friends at NWPPA. They need to help coordinate this. It's their job board we post a lot on to a lot. You, I know you, I know Sarah, you're connected there. We can make this work. Okay. I mean, post pandemic, we are on it. We will have yeah. a public power day at colleges. I okay. like it. We'll call it best and brightest from public power day. Oh, that's okay. right. It's a good title. Thank you, Libby, for joining us. Uh, please, please come back. Thank you for being a friend of the underground. Thank you. This has been fun. Thanks to Libby for agreeing to answer deeply personal and occasionally inappropriate <laughs> questions, knowing that we would be incredibly judgmental of her answers. Also, thanks to Sarah and Megan for joining us this week. We're closing up, but this has been great. It's been a great conversation to both for both to have both of you. Any corrections from last week, Paul? You know, I'm actually not sure. I've been so distracted that uh, I'm very conscious when I listen to it, of the, but I didn't write them down this week. I really think we need a fact checker for Public Power Underground. Mm -hmm. So Megan, yeah. Sarah, anybody, do you know any fact checkers that we should, we should try to foist into being fact checkers for Public Power Underground? Well, the first person that comes to mind is like a bit old school. My apologies, Jeff Carr, but I mentioned him previously and he is a third party neutral in any great period high watermark process. So if anything is related to the TRM, the tiered race methodology, he will be your third party neutral fact checker. <laughs> so he's not a friend of the underground, Megan. You got to get us in touch with oh. him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Consider to him a soon to be friend of the underground. Okay, good, good. Any other ideas, Sarah, for, for fact checkers? I think Joel Meyer. I bet he would help out. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we need we need people. We got to. We are willing to learn from our mistakes. 
So anybody out there who hears something that's wrong, let us know and we will correct the record. This week, I uh, I heard a bunch of stuff I said wrong at the time and I've forgotten it all at this point. <laughs> but see, Paul, isn't this the beauty of like public power? We're all about collaboration. So we should all jointly be the fact checkers. Yeah, we're all in this together, aren't we, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we endeavor. <laughs> so happy to be back. Bring me back anytime. I want that belt. The baby belt, the real belt. I heard there was talk about a coffee mug and then Megan Capra, the signed autograph. I, like, I'm expecting all of it. Every time I hear the doorbell ring from the UPS truck, I'm expecting something from you, Paul. So don't let me down. <laughs> okay. Sarah, Sarah, I think we need to, maybe t we could talk about this uh, and do it in a public setting too, James. <laughs> Um, We're going to have a well, whole new campaign line. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, public power <laughs> underground on one bank. side, Clats Get IPU on the back. On the, our logo on the other side. <laughs> Megan, do you think uh, this is not something I, I think there is appetite for, but a fundraiser for the Clats community that's just a mug? So you have to buy the mug, but, but it goes to organizations in Klatskanite service territory. Do you think there's an that. appetite for that? I would buy a mug, like a public power underground mug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, totally. that's the, that's the I, way to get a mug. You yeah. got that idea in my head and now I want it. I want a mug. Okay. I'm very susceptible to advertising. <laughs> Especially <laughs> podcasts. I don't even have an electric car. <laughs> Especially, you know, podcast advertising is very effective. I'll say it's it, very It effective. is. It really is. It's in yeah, your ear. Scary. It's in your ear. Yeah. Okay. Literally we aren't doing, like in your head. We aren't doing a plug pass promo this week. So that's all we got for this week. Uh, thanks. Thanks to everyone for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about public power and public power adjacent news, but that's all. To make sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for an unintrusive newsletter with links to all the ways to consume this fascinating content at Substack at publicpowerunderground.substack.com. Otherwise, you can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Public power, people. We're all in this together. No, this won't be forever. Hey, public power, people. We're all in this together, whatever we endeavor, yeah. Public Power Underground is an infotainment diversion for entertainment purposes. It's written, edited, and produced by the Power Department. The views here are expressed are our own and not the official views of Klatskin IPUD, nor of any person or organization affiliated or doing business with Klatskin IPUD, nor the organization of the guests also appearing on Public Power Underground. Neither Klatskin IPUD nor those appearing on Public Power Underground generate ad revenue from the episodes. Make Libby, Sarah, Megan, and John feel better about their participation in this week's episode by sending them a note, text, or email with a thumbs up and telling them how much you enjoyed it. Do it for us, do it for them, and do it to make other people feel valued and appreciated. Public Power Underground for electric utility enthusiasts. Public Power Underground, it's work to watch.